And now, back to Answers for Elders as we honor our military veterans. Carriage is the proud sponsor of our veteran segment, hosted by former Seattle Seahawk, Dennis Boyd. Hello again, this is Dennis Boyd, checking in from Patriots Landing in DuPont, Washington. Today here, we're here with Paul Noop. Paul is a resident here at Patriots Landing, having served in the Army for 29 years. Thank you for joining us, Paul. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. What we are trying to do here is to kind of get a chance to honor the veterans in our community and kind of get a story for those uh, in uh, what I would say are my kids' generations that may not have had a chance to understand what was going on back in 1955 and 1960s and so on when you entered the military. Tell me about your, uh, you entered Officers Canada School? Uh, No, it was ROTC. ROTC, excuse me. uh, Western Kentucky State College at that time. Okay. Graduated from there in 1959 as a commissioned as a second lieutenant in the regular army. Okay. Uh, So I uh, went to the field artillery officer's basic course at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and then was transferred to Germany and got to to Germany in the fall of 1959. Um, At that time, I was married and uh, had uh, two children, one of whom was born at Fort Sill, mm. so uh, that was my uh, my son, mm-hmm. and my wife and uh, two children came over uh, in later in uh, nineteen fifty no in early nineteen sixty. So uh, they were staying with me there in uh, in Gießen, Germany, where I was assigned to a two hundred and eighty millimeter gun battalion. The old atomic cannon. Wow. Um, spent uh, about 18 months there and then uh, had completed my service with the field artillery and reverted to my basic branch of chemical corps and moved to Mannheim, Germany with the 15th chemical group. They had uh, two companies in that group one was a maintenance company and the other a uh, depot company. And I worked in both of those companies as a uh, platoon leader, first in the maintenance company, where we repaired uh, anything from protective masks to flamethrowers and tanks and so forth. Uh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to ask this. So the Chemical Corps was... You were there basically to respond to a chemical attack, or principally, yes. Yes. Uh, the that was the, the primary mission of the Chemical Corps is chemical defense. Mm-hmm. Although we also had the responsibility for uh, planning chemical operations in mm-hmm. retaliation, mm-hmm. but uh, that was strictly on a, a planning basis. Uh, as far as uh, as far as I was concerned at that time, I was on the other end, the uh, the maintenance and the logistical side of the house, supplying smoke grenades and masks and protective clothing and flamethrowers and so forth to uh, the combat arms. So, tell me a little bit about the uh, the climate, the uh, the political climate, if you will, at that time when you were in Germany. Well, of course, this was. Uh, during the time when the Berlin Wall was erected, mm-hmm. and uh, 
The Cuban Missile Crisis was also ongoing at that time, mm -hmm. so it was a little... And part of that was while I was in the Field Artillery Battalion, that 280-millimeter uh, gun battalion, so that got a little bit tense because that, as you know, was a, an atomic-capable unit, and it was uh, part of the defense of the Fulda Gap in northern Germany, which is where the planners thought the major attack from uh, the Soviet Union would occur is come in uh, through the Fulda Gap with tanks, mm -hmm. principally tanks. So we had pre-planned targets in various areas there to uh, help blunt the attack, mm -hmm. at least until the uh, infantry units and the other armory units could get up to take care of them. It was a... Uh a time I remember the duck and cover drills that we would do in school oh, yes. because of the so at that time uh, the tension between this U.S. and the Soviet Union was so high. The was, Cuban Missile Crisis. The Cuban right. Missile Crisis, and we were all so nervous. And, and you expected to hear the sirens go off for a nuclear weapon coming from Russia at that time at, at any time. Mm -hmm. So as I guess each generation lives with a uh, a different fear, a different threat hanging over them. Yes whether it's North Korea or the Soviet Union or, or whatever. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from Germany, where'd you go from there? Well, from Germany, uh, we were reassigned to Fort McClellan, Alabama, mm -hmm. which was the home of the Chemical Corps at that time for the officers, career officers course, mm -hmm. which was usually senior lieutenants and uh, some captains. That was about a year-long course. And, of course, my family was uh, with me there, and we lived in government quarters at Fort mm -hmm. McClellan. Following the course, I was uh, reassigned to Fort Benning, Georgia, into the chemical section of the 2nd Infantry Division, who was stationed at Fort Benning at that time. That was uh, supposed to be a three-year assignment, mm -hmm. and it was pretty close to that, although the that was during the uh, time for the buildup of uh, forces in Vietnam, and the 2nd Infantry Division was merged with the 11th Air Assault Division, which was being tested at uh, Fort Benning. They formed the 1st Cavalry Division and deployed to Vietnam. I was reassigned from the division on the merger, reassigned from there to where did I go? I think that's when I went to uh, North Carolina to uh, serve in a uh, an assignment with the North American Air Defense Command in a small Air Force radar site that served as the alternate command post for 20th NORAD region, headquartered at Fort Lee, Virginia. Um, very interesting assignment for three years serving uh, as an army major at that time mm -hmm. with the uh, with the air force there were two other army officers there both of whom were air defense officers and operated the air defense system part of the air defense system coordinating with the air force uh, for the army uh, nike air defense batteries so you were basically the eyes looking east well, they yeah. were, yes. Okay. I was uh, 
I was supporting the the battle staff with a chemical defense unit, okay. basically for fallout prediction, any chemical weapons uh, uh, protection that was needed. That was my primary function. So not just chemicals. You were just you were also dealing with radiation. Oh yes. a- a protection and yes, so on. Yes, the, the all of the chemical officers were what was known as prefix five qualified, uh, qualified for nuclear weapons employment mm-hmm. and fallout prediction, which was our main function. If I can ask um, kind of the, what would you want people, your kids and people in generations as maybe grandkids or great-grandchildren that you may not know, what would you want them to know about your service and what, what your experiences were and what it meant to you? Well, I think I would want them to know, and I think my my uh, children do know, that uh, it was a very valuable experience. Mm-hmm. And I firmly believe that when we did away with the draft, we made a mistake. I think every every young person should have some type of service to their government, to their homeland, their community and not just uh, depend on the government to take care of them. Yeah. that um, We see that in other countries, you know, throughout the world. And uh, whether it's service as a, a Peace Corps or something like that, or in the military, to be of service to others is uh, is probably a great way to start your life out and, and get to know things a little bit better. Uh, as... You look today to young people, and like you said, the, the draft isn't there, but we see so much more automation coming up and almost taking you know, the removal of people from the military. And I, is that, what is your, your thoughts there? Well, I, I consider myself somewhat tech-savvy, if you will, mm-hmm. but I could not keep up with today's generation of young officers and NCOs and enlisted. They have so much more technical knowledge and dexterity, thumb dexterity, if nothing else, and computer yeah. savvy that I, I just find it incredible that today's generation is that much further ahead than we were even when I retired in 1988. We were just starting to get computers. Yeah. But today, you don't do anything without a computer. Right. Well, Paul, I want to take a minute here and thank you very much for your time, your service, and willingness to tell us the stories. And that was the whole intent here, is to take a moment and honor our local veterans and the time that they've served and what they've given this country. Thank you very much. All right, It's been a pleasure. This has been a special Honoring Veterans presentation of Answers for Elders, brought to you by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Way Showers who will help your journey go a lot easier.